Welcome to Ability Assistance and happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. My name is Phyllis Jones, Chair of the North Andover Commission on Ability Assistance. My name is Stacy Liebowitz, Secretary of the North Andover Commission on Ability Assistance. This month we are pleased to welcome Joseph LeBlanc, North Andover and Boxford's District Director of Veterans Services. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. So this has been a long time I've been trying to get you on this show. <laughs> Let's start a little bit with what's your background with the military? Sure, so um, every veteran service officer by state law has to be a veteran. Uh, I served in the U.S. Army from uh, 2003 to 2018. <clears throat> Most of that was reserve time. I was deployed to Iraq in 2006 with the Corps of Engineers. Uh, I went with the unit out of Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, served in Ramadi, Fallujah, uh, Baghdad, that area, um, building combat outposts and forward operating bases for the Marines, the Army, um, worked with the CBs a lot. Um, came home, uh, worked, uh, at that point I started using my GI Bill, mm -hmm. went back to school. Um, in 2011, I deployed again with the 368 engineers out of Londonderry. Uh, that was an engineer battalion. So, uh, different mission. I worked as an operations NCO um, in what they call the S3. S3 is um, the operations side of uh, a battalion. So basically, um, QA, QC, and convoys, um, construction operations, stuff like that. Um, overseeing a lot of the travel that soldiers had to do within the battle space. Um, so that was, what I did in the Army. Mm -hmm. um, I came home, used my GI Bill to go back to school. <clears throat> um, went to NECO, transferred into Salem State. I did the social work program there and a history minor. Uh, loved it and ended up doing the, uh, the master's program there in social work. Um, personally, I had a great VSO where I lived at that time. I lived in Amesbury. Had a great veteran service officer there who um, was a Navy veteran and a social worker. So I had, um, at that time, I was, she was asking us to uh, do a lot of stuff in the community, a lot of veterans, so a lot of civic engagement. And I remember asking her, I said, what do you do? And, uh, and she said, well, I'm a social worker. And I'm like, social worker? And I had never thought um, of pursuing a mm -hmm. career in social work. and. Um, after looking into it, I, you know, I was like, this is, you know, this is a great choice to work with, with people, which I'd all done my whole life. Um, so I, I went back to school, used my GI Bill, and, um, and now I'm licensed. So that's... Uh, well, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That's so a that's, great achievement. Uh, yeah, so it's basically my, my, my Army career and then transitioning into the But, but you're life. still directly connected to the military because you've done that, you've right. made that transition. Um, how long did you serve? I total? served 29 months active duty in the Middle mm -hmm. East, um, several countries. I mean, Iraq and Afghanistan mostly. But your, but but your entire length of service, how long? 15 years. 15 years. And now, when we talked, you're not officially retired from the military. No, no, so in the, on the reserve side, you have contracts. Um, if you do 20 years, you can receive a 20-year letter from the Reserve of the mm -hmm. Guard, um, which 
then you can retire, uh, essentially. But no, I, I, so <laughs> I enlisted late. I was 28 years old when I went in the Army. I was a 28-year-old private. Wow. Oh, God. The towers went down. Wow. And I was going to ask what, you what know, prompted yeah. that. Yeah, yeah and I, I enlisted uh, shortly after. So I, I would still be doing it if I could run. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you if for I your could. service to, thank you. to the country. So thank, thank you. you. And I guess with all of that service and then getting your master's, mm -hmm. what path have you taken since, you know, so obviously there's a marriage there between your military service and the work that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I had, um, I worked in corrections for a few years, mm -hmm. uh, Middleton Jail. Um, super supportive, um, it was a great job, it just uh, it wasn't for me, right. uh, but I did that for a while. I got my CDL, because um, in the Army we ran, in 2006 we ran a lot of heavy equipment. Mm -hmm. And what is a CDL? For, because there are a lot of acronyms sorry, just for the audience. <laughs> yes, there are. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. I live in the yeah, world of acronyms commercial, myself. Com so. <laughs> commercial driver's license. Okay. Yeah. So I thought at one point that's what I was going to do. Okay. Um, as I said, I, I worked in the jail for a while. Right. Um, but when I went back to school, that was my main job for about five years. Um, when, I went, when I left the jail, I went back to school. I was also doing an internship. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to stay in the veteran community. I wanted to stay in the workforce. So at that point, I, I applied at Northeast Veterans Outreach. And I worked there. And they had transitional housing for veterans. So uh, okay. Northeast Veterans Outreach has about 26 transitional beds okay. at that time. So I worked there um, two nights a week just to mm -hmm. kind of stay in the workforce and uh, graduated. And um, yeah, and when this job came up, I mean, this is, I went back to school to be a VSO. Mm -hmm. This is what I, what I This is your dream school. job. This is, your, yeah. this is what I want to do. Um, and in, 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 in essence, being a, a non-commissioned officer in the Army, I mm -hmm. mean, you're looking after soldiers, you're looking after troops, and this is kind of a way for me to keep doing that. That's um, great. So. Now, what, what, when you left the armed services, what did you leave as? What was your rank title? Staff Sergeant. Staff Sergeant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Staff Sergeant. I did make the E7 promotion list, but I, I, uh, at that point I, I got out. Uh, mm -hmm. And E7 is? Uh, Sergeant First Class. Okay. Nice. Um, and it's interesting because my son's active duty, so we, at one point in time we were both service members. So. Yeah, you, were, you had mentioned to me when we had talked, you were able to get orders so that you can don your uniform and pin your son. Uh, so he was on orders. Um, right. I, I traveled down to see him, but at the time I was still a reservist. So it was, it was I, I wore my dress blues to his graduation, and oh, we, nice. we have a picture of us both in our dress blues in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, that's a nice is, moment. That is. That is. Yeah. That's probably that's a moment you'll treasure, treasure forever. Yeah. It's super cool. So, all right, so you were with the military, mm -hmm. you served active duty. Um, it doesn't matter, you reserves or not, you saw active duty. Yeah, I tell all my veterans all the time, like if you, because a lot of times what we're trying to do is um, destigmatize um, certain time periods. So, um, veterans of different eras, you have, you know, guys that served in World War II and Korea, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times you'll hear, um, well, I didn't really serve. I was in Hawaii, yeah. you know, right. when my buddy was, you know, boots on ground, Vietnam right. or something. Right. And, you know, we have to tell folks all, all the time that, you know, you, you took an oath yep. and yep. you are a veteran uh, and this is what you're entitled to. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Absolutely. And it's different, you know, different periods of war. Uh, as I had said, the, the Korean and uh, World War II guys, a lot of times, you know, they don't want any, they don't mm -hmm. want to be enrolled in VA. Um, you know, folks will come in because they, they want to get hearing aids, right? Um, or the, the service member or the veteran maybe took a fall mm -hmm. and the family members are coming in trying to get assistance. Why um, do you think that is that, you know, and is it different for, you're saying like the generations may be a little bit different with I mean, World War II and Korea, why is it, you know, that talking they, there's a pride there that they don't want to take the assistance, you know, the help or Yeah, is there I mean, you're reason? talking folks that grew up, um, you know, after the, um, the depression. The depression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Vietnam, different era, a lot mm -hmm. of guys were drafted, came yeah. home, uniforms went in the closet. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we've always talked about how we right. did not treat our veterans well from the Vietnam, from Vietnam. era. Yeah. Okay, now we have what they call the GWAT veterans, so Global War on Terrorism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which has been expanded to Desert Storm. Um, and so oh, that's going back to the early 90s at that point. Correct, right. correct. Um, 30 years. Yep. So, I mean, you know, and a lot of those veterans know what they're entitled to. Um, now the, the, the Department of Defense is good about briefing mm -hmm. veterans before they get out of active duty. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you know, fortunately there's one of us in every town and city of Massachusetts. Well, That's actually right. not in every single t <laughs> city and town. You were talking about um, how they're actually districts. Mm. And yes. you're from North Ann well, you do VSO work for both North Andover and Boxford. Correct. So uh, why don't you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. So Mass General Law Chapter 115 is what guides us. Um, okay. And based on, based on that law, if, there, if there's over 12,000 residents in that town, then mm -hmm. there has to be a full-time veteran service officer. So North Andover obviously uh, has over 12,000 residents. Right. Boxford has just under 12,000. Um, so those two towns, because they uh, attach, they can basically become a district. Mm -hmm. They have a right, memorandum right. of understanding between the two towns. Um, I have a full-time, soon-to-be full-time admin, because uh, both, both towns have supported that. And, um, you know, so we will have um, essentially uh, two full-time veterans work in the office. Um, my admin's an Army veteran as well. Well, that's fantastic because it's probably better when people can connect as mm -hmm. opposed to just saying, oh, they're just paper pushers. <laughs> well, and that also then begs the question of what specifically do you do to support and work with, with the population? And just to touch on that, so you have to be a veteran to be to a BSO that, in Which makes sense, yeah. obviously. But what about to be the assistant? Um, well, the admin can, can, be, <laughs> can be a civilian, but we're fortunate enough to have uh, two veterans in the office. That's yep. great. And with that, what do the responsibilities entail? Give us a little bit of a, a background. So, I mean, I tell folks all the time that our, our job essentially is to help veterans and their dependents navigate state, mm -hmm. federal, municipal, and nonprofits. Um, so we're, we're guided by Department of Veterans Services, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. but we often are making referrals within the VA. And there's three parts of the VA, right? So we have to tell folks this a lot. Mm -hmm. We have to explain this to veterans themselves. So a lot of times people say, oh, the VA this, the VA that. So there's the Veterans Cemetery Administration, which is awesome. There's the Veterans Healthcare Administration, okay. which we do a lot of enrollments all the time and a lot of referrals within. And then there's the Veterans Benefits Administration. 
and those are the folks that were doing claims, the home loan guarantees. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to get the certificate, certificates of eligibility so folks can do their home loans, mm -hmm. which is a huge benefit. Um, GI Bill, which I used. Um, so in claims, we do a lot of claims, mm -hmm. um, which can be uh, time consuming and cumbersome. And you're not the VA. Correct. <laughs> I am not, not the VA. And you're not the DOD. Correct. <laughs> you are guided by the Commonwealth. Correct. But you are North Andover and Boxford. Yes, I'm a, I'm a municipal employee. Right, and I wanted to make sure so that people don't go in and go, oh, he's DOD or oh, he's VA. Oh, I've, I've had folks, yeah. you sent me this letter. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't send you anything. <laughs> right. let, me, let me see what you got. We'll read it, take a look at it, and let's, let's see so how So I we think can that's, help you. that's interesting because people, I mean, I didn't even know these pieces, and, and you say that many veterans don't even know the breakdown. So for the general public, I think this is really important to understand that there's a, a lot of. Um, I don't want to say bureaucracy, but a lot of different layers <laughs> to, sure. to this that people need to understand. Sure. And I mean, we're working within the community at m multiple mm -hmm. levels. I mean, uh, you know, advocating for veterans at the macro level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've been fortunate enough. I mean, I, I, North Andover and Boxford are super supportive of anything we do. That's great. Good. Uh, we have a ton of support mm -hmm. within town, within all the departments within town, the PDs, fire, DPW, town manager. I mean, mm -hmm. Community Services That's Division. Um, so we've gotten at least four um, four laws adapt, adopted at the local level mm -hmm. from the state. Um, we have another one going to um, town meeting. We have a warrant article for this town meeting coming mm -hmm. up well, in both towns. Yeah, a little bit more about that. Yeah, in both towns. So Clause 56 would be an abatement, a full abatement for um, National Guard and reservists who are deployed in a downrange. What, what does that mean? In the combat zone. So if they're activated for time of war, they would get the full tax abatement from the town. Oh, okay. Um, and in, we last town meeting, we adopted uh, Chapter 60, which gives us, uh, essentially it's a checkbox in your excise tax mm -hmm. um, or your, your homeowners. And basically um, you, you check a box and you can donate a dollar and up to the Veterans Discretionary Fund. Um, so we're really, uh, uh, you know, so we're doing a lot of referrals within the VA mm -hmm. and we're doing a lot of the state stuff, but it's very income asset based. Right. This gives us our own fund where we can help veterans at our mm -hmm. discretion. Oh, that's right. fantastic. So we got that passed in North Andover that's last right. town meeting um, and in Boxford that's going in this next town meeting, mm -hmm. hopefully. Right. Um, we're still working through that, but. I um, can't imagine any town would say no to something like that. Yeah. And as a VSO, I mean, you're an advocate, and right. you should be looking to, to advocate. Yeah, advocate at the macro yeah, level the as well as the micro level, working mm -hmm. with veterans and their families. And, and speaking of that, you know, what is it like with your job when you're dealing, sort of the spectrum of people, and what are what are some of the issues that you? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you deal with yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, um, so it, it, we can be do we could be working with a funeral home one day. Um, we could be working with uh, a fa you know. Oftentimes, families family members will call because mm -hmm. the veteran is taking a fall, or the veteran is looking to get enrolled in VA mm -hmm. health care. Or um, it can be that we've we have widows. We've done um, you know widows pensions through mm -hmm. the VA. There's a pension if the veteran uh, if the veteran passes due to a service connected disability. Right. Okay. 
or they're service connected 100% to 10 years, then the spouse, surviving spouse, will mm -hmm. receive a, a pension. So we have a lot of heavy conversations with folks. What does it mean to be service connected? Because my uh, definition might be a little different than your definition. <laughs> right, right. So a, a disability incurred in service. Um, so that can be a presumptive illness, um, as we see with you know a lot of the herbicide exposure in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. uh, um, there were 14, um, 14 different diagnoses that are um, associated with herbicide exposure or Asian Orange. Yeah. Um, there have been three more added. There's now burn pit legislation that's gone forward. So that's yeah. in the works now. There are three, um, they call them presumptive illnesses. So um, when it comes to service-connected disabilities, there's a the time in service, the disability diagnosis, and then the nexus. How do we connect the two? And the longer you're out, the harder that can be to do. Um, right, right. So, I mean, if you're a veteran who served in Vietnam, boots on ground, and you have Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. It's probably easier to show that the connection with Agent Orange. Correct. Right, but, um, you know, some other claims, not so much. Um, if you were a veteran who served in, you, you know, you were on orders in um, Tokyo or the Philippines, it might be harder to prove that you flew right. into Vietnam because right. yeah. you got to remember this is pre-email, pre-fax. Right. Um, folks got paid cash. Um, orders were handed off. In, so in, right. how do you prove yeah. that? A lot of times, everything was still on the old teletype machines. Yes. You know, with the so you have a veteran who, and this has happened <laughs> several true. times in our office where the veteran was voluntold, "Hey, get on that plane and get this to so and so," and right. they were in Saigon for three or four days, or. They, you know, they were on a base for a few months and had to pull um, guard duty, were walking mm -hmm. around in, um, you know, in, situ in places where um, herbicide was, um, was used, right. for lack of a better term, and they were exposed. But we don't always have evidence. Right. Flight records, pay, pay records, things like that. So it, gets, it can get tedious. And, um, and it was a long time before these veterans were recognized. Yes. Right, of course. So, yeah. Which goes yeah. back to how we've said right. how, how they were treated, treated Vietnam era Correct. veterans. So it's like we're kind of still going full circle. Yeah, circle. And how many veterans have passed since yes. then? Since Absolutely. Then. Now that goes to physical mm -hmm. concerns. We always hear stories about folks coming home, PTSD and other, you know, cognitive and medical mm -hmm. concern, um, um, mental concerns. Um, can you connect that for people? Because, you know, more likely than not, you've got somebody coming home with PTSD, not because sure. they saw a puppy dog. All the time. Tough right. conversations to have. Oftentimes we're making referrals, and this just happened last week. We had a veteran crisis, and we got him enrolled in VA healthcare that day. Mm -hmm. um, so we have connections at Bedford VA, which is the big hub for our mm -hmm. area. Um, got him enrolled and um, did a warm handoff with vet centers, which are separate. The vet centers are separate from the VA. Okay. Um, the can records you, are separate. You, okay, yeah. can you explain that a little bit? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, the <laughs> dynamic, I don't, uh, I couldn't explain completely. To the best of your ability, but yeah. Essentially, a veteran, uh, particularly first responders, right? Because yeah. a lot of times they don't want to have this stuff out there. Mm -hmm. um, but um, they can work with the vet centers, which are um, trained staff. So okay. they work only with combat veterans. Okay. So if, if we have a veteran crisis, I mean, yeah, they can come in and, and obviously talk to us, but right. these are folks that they can see regularly, mm -hmm. um, and there's no pay, no costs associated with that. Um, so we had that veteran in that office the next day. 
whereas the VA is going to, I mean, you can go there, obviously, but um, you medication prescriptions, things like that. Right, right. Um, but, you know, to, to get some serious talk time, as I would say, um, you know, the, the vet centers are very, very helpful. But that's, that's available to people. Right. Correct. Yeah, not everybody may know that, so I think that's... Yeah, really important piece. That, that's an extremely important piece. Sure, they, I mean they do a ton of work in our community. Um, they're located in Lowell, mm -hmm. um, but they have a you know within Merrimack Valley. I mean they're, you know, seeing folks from from Lowell all the way up to probably Newburyport, Salisbury, mm -hmm. that area there. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Tell me because this was on my list. I'm very curious because I know Phyllis had spoken to you earlier. What is the battalion track, truck master? What is involved in that? <laughs> That's a cool it name. Sound, I know, it sounds really kind of cool. And that was probably fun, a cool, a cool, I think. the coolest name I had in the Army. Uh, so it was, oh, so, so that was your nickname? No, no, so that was an appointment from the commander. Uh, oh, neat. So essentially, there were three of us as non-commissioned officers okay. who attended uh, a course, two-week course, to learn how to drive MRAPs, which are the mine-resistant uh. personnel um, carriers in the Army. Um, so in 2006, we were driving flat-bottomed Humvees that were overloaded, up-armored, had, you know, they added fire suppression systems. I mean, the yeah. Humvee was a replacement for the Jeep right. from the 80s, right. if you think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so fast forward four years later, now we're driving um, MRAPs. Um, so they're V-hulled vehicles that um, have um, floating floors, fire suppression systems, um, you know, all sorts of gear. Um, you can uh, carry up to a half a squad, so six soldiers wow. fit in the back very comfortably. Um, this air isn't conditioned. your grandfather's Jeep. No, no. <laughs> no. I think this might be good to drive through Boston. But, but with that, you have to train soldiers to drive <laughs> yeah. them. So yeah. essentially, I ran a course for the 10 months we were oh, in Kandahar. Um, so soldiers would come in, and I would take them out on a course and teach them to drive. The MRAPs, um, you know, we would do a breakdown of everything in the vehicle, mm -hmm. walk through the vehicle, we would do a driving course, and then we would do night driving. And uh, then they would go back out to their respective units, licensed. And ready to go. Yeah, so driving school for soldiers, which was really cool. Yeah. That Probably is one cool. one of the coolest things I got that to is, do. That is cool. And, yeah. and you were with the Corps of Engineers. Correct. That's one of the <laughs> toughest jobs to be in. I know my father, when he was when he was waiting for his orders to go to, over to Vietnam, mm. he was with the Army Corps of Engineers. He never ended up going because that's when Nixon cut the contracts and they stopped sending you know, troops over there. But he told me about you know, years ago yeah, what it was I mean, like, the training for that. Yeah, nothing moves without the, I mean, we're doing logistics, we're, we're mm. doing convoys, we're building, um, they call it horizontal and vertical, and then there were combat engineers. So the horizontal guys, which is what I was, are running heavy equipment. So um, all that stuff you see on the side of the road up to 495, <laughs> uh, we ran all that equipment. Bulldozers, graders, um, scrapers, all that heavy, heavy junk, as yep, they call right. it. Uh, then you have the vertical guys that uh, were usually um, on our mission in Iraq, it was the CBs. So they would do the horizontal stuff. So they were coming in yeah. doing construction. Um, uh, um, so the like plywood and you know stuff like that, um, framing, um, the electrical stuff. Nice. Yeah, so then, much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is I think this is interesting because so many things that civilians, people who have not been in the military, who sort of see whatever they see on TV or yeah. you know um, it, third party, have no idea the intricacies of what goes into and serving. Then, and then I have to mention the combat engineers because yeah, those are the yes. guys clearing the roads. Yeah. 
So convoys move behind combat engineers. So the guys that are coming in behind you are you know, banking on the crew. fact that you've cleared that road. Yeah. Uh, so in Iraq, we had two um, combat engineer companies wow. to our left and right, and they were clearing the roads all through the Sunni Triangle, which was Fallujah, and, Ramadi, Baghdad. And again, going back to, there's a lot of acronyms that you're talking about, mm -hmm. okay, which... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like acronyms, but if I if you catch but, me saying one, just correct well, me. Well, no, no, I, I understand a lot of it because, as you know, I interned for the Coast Guard, you know, during, during parts of Desert Shield and Desert Storm pushing paper. So I understand a lot of it myself. But just for people who don't understand, mm -hmm. can you explain the difference between an officer, an NCO, and an enlisted person. <laughs> sure. So there are uh, there are essentially three rank structures in the army. So you have the officer, you have the officer corps, you have the enlisted corps, and you have the, the warrant officers, right? So enlisted men or women are folks who uh, who who are um, lower ranking usually, but they um, go from E1 to E9. So private to command sergeant major, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then you have the officer corps, which are usually um, you know. Traditionally, we're college educated, right? Yep, Although a lot right. of NCOs have their master's degrees. Um, and they are usually in command of uh, anywhere from a uh, platoon size element to a uh, company size mm -hmm. element to a brigade, to a, a, a battalion, mm -hmm. to a brigade. Um, so that usually you have a, a, a lieutenant, which is uh, like an O2, would yep. be in charge okay. of a, yep. a company size element which can be anywhere from 30 to 60 men. That's where women, our ring and knockers come in, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are uh, West Pointers, are, yeah, so that's a uh, you know, prestigious yes, uh, right. school that a lot of officers have graduated, very famous officers, <laughs> and gone on command um, yep. and done a lot of things. And um, today is actually, um, not to digress, but today is the 19th anniversary of the, of the Iraq War. Oh, wow. Um, yep, 19th March. So. Interesting, and I think that brings up another question we were discussing before we started to tape the show, um, because of you know making sure that people understand the difference between things, and it's kind of reinforcing the difference between Memorial Day and, and Veterans, Veterans Day, Day, because I think it's all sort of kind of culminated in people's minds about what that is, and so to really explain what the difference is between the two. I'll just wait till they finish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, so fortunately we have a little construction going on in the background, we apologize. <laughs> sure. Um, so Memorial Day is a solemn holiday where we mm -hmm. remember the service members who have passed, mm -hmm. killed in action. Um, it came from Decoration Day, okay. which uh, started after the American Civil War. Is that when which, they would go out and decorate the sure. graves yeah. of... And during the American... I mean, you remember the Civil War, more Americans were killed than any, yeah, war, any war in America before and after mm -hmm. combined. Yeah. 700,000 Americans died. Um, yeah. So that was Decoration Day, which um, also kicked off the VA, started after. But, um, yeah. So that's a, a solemn holiday where we uh, pay tribute and honor those who have passed. Veterans Day is a celebration of those who mm -hmm. are still with us. Right. So they're very two distinct, different right. holidays. We don't say Happy Memorial Day. No. 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 We can say not. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Or, at, or, you know, take time to remember Memorial Day. Sure, sure. And, you know, during around the beginning of May, end of April, 
you know, we're out into the cemeteries with volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're cleaning veterans' graves. We're, I mean, we have a lot of support in the community. A lot of volunteers come out and do That's that. That's great. Um, we swap out the flags. Um, you know, the flag holders, if they're mm -hmm. not serviceable anymore, um, that sort of thing. So we're, we're pretty busy. Mm -hmm. and, and folks, you know, it, traditionally, they, I think people think that's what probably the only thing we do is Veterans Day, Memorial right, Day, yeah. right. um, which is less than 1% of what a VSO does. Right, um, right. And I, I think mean, you've just explained all of, you know, to a great extent of what you do actually or what you're responsible for, which, sure, sure. you know, kind of so, helps people to put it in perspective. Correct, correct. And you've probably got a couple of other hard things to do in terms of talking to the widows and the and making the those sure. assistance with those yeah. end of life decisions. And Correct. So there's not like one stack of things that every veteran is eligible for, mm -hmm. right? If if it was, it would be easier. It's always about where the veterans mm -hmm. serve, how the veterans serve, are they a wartime veteran? Um, everything is based on the veterans' right. service. Um, so wartime veterans are held in high regard mm -hmm. because be of where a, they were. Sure. So a lot of times we, you know, we're doing veterans' pensions, widows' mm. pensions, um, aid and attendance packages, um, which is support for um, if the if the veteran or the surviving spouse is mm. uh, in a facility of some type, um, there is assistance for them. But it, mm -hmm. it's a very cumbersome application process. But uh, a lot of times we're working with um, widows on that and. Um, mm doing referrals to Congress to try to grease the wheels of production and get that pension moving. Because right. um, VA does, does not, <laughs> there, uh, it's, it, it can just be, it can be a lot. Well, right, yeah. right. And, and you had told me you work a lot. Uh, there's a veterans officer or a veterans um, contact over at Congressman Moulton's office. Yes, so all, all members of Congress have a veterans liaison. So if, if we need yeah. help with something, a lot of times we're reaching out to them to try to find out you know the status of we have national service officers at the JFK building who work for Department of Veterans Services Massachusetts full-time they're great um, so a lot our claims essentially go through them and then to the VA and and, 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 I, and I have to before I forget I have to remind folks that there's no cost for filing a claim with the VA you should never have to pay right that's important that. to know that's Thank important you. to know and I was just gonna say and for those people who don't know the JFK building is in Boston yes the federal building the federal building the federal building one of two we've also got the tip O'Neill building yeah, right by North Station correct mm -hmm. Well, Joe, thank you so much yes, um, thank you. For, for being here today and speaking about this. It's such an important topic, and I feel like I've been more educated about this. I mean, my, awesome. my stepdad was a Navy guy, and you know he was very proud, but we didn't really get into too much detail about services and help, and so I think this has been very informative for uh, our audience and uh, family members as well. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for helping me to um, educate folks on what Absolutely. we do. Absolutely. And we could probably go on for hours about yes. this because of all the different things that you do and all the little pieces you've got to put together, um, but people need to be aware of the fact that you look at the individual not as everything culminating together as everybody together, but you look at that one individual mm -hmm. and figure out what pegs need to be put in place mm -hmm. to offer them the services that they need. Yes, we do. And, and that's important also for people Absolutely. to know. Very well put. Yep. <laughs> and on behalf of the North Andover Commission on Ability Assistance, thank you again, Joe. North Andover and Boxford's District Director of Veteran Services, we appreciate you joining us on Ability Assistance. You can reach Joe directly by phone at 
688-9525 or email at jleblanc at northandovermma.gov. In April, our guest will be Perkins Career Launch Program. And in May, we will be celebrating our graduating seniors who are our crew. <laughs> And will be our and our guests will be four paws for ability. They're going to be another I can't remote. Wait that I for know that. <laughs> they're 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 going to be another remote yep. guest. We're taking advantage of the fact we can bring guests in from other parts of the country and and bring them in remotely. And to finish off our 2021 season, this is this is fantastic. We'll be celebrating over 25 mm -hmm. episodes that we have given you on this show that hopefully has provided you with more services. And our guest in June will be Dawn Warren, our new town clerk. Mm -hmm. I guess what she's a way not, to end the season, not, I think. It, we actually started the show with our then town That's clerk. That's right, with the voting machines. Exactly. <laughs> We're consist consistently looking for new topics to explore here at Ability Assistance. And if there are any specific topics that you'd like to learn more about, please email me directly at pjones at northandoverma.gov. We would like to thank all of our volunteer crew from the Greater Lawrence Technical School and Curry College. From the Greater Lawrence Technical School, Cassie Buono and John Coffey, Cofferay, sorry, <laughs> and from Curry College, our own Carly Jones. Thank you so much. And in addition to watching through your cable station, you can always catch all of our episodes on demand, mm -hmm. YouTube, the Cablecast app <laughs> through Roku and Apple TV. You got the North Andover Cam website, and you've got our podcast through Podbean. We're everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Until next month.